We got a good one for you all today. Chad Belding back at you. This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast brought to you again by our friends in Lynchburg, Tennessee, the one and only, the iconic Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. But when you have an opportunity to have the conversations that I just had with one of my songwriting heroes, Chris Knight, who you're going to hear on here. It was part two. And now I get to sit down and talk to another buddy of mine that I've become friends with over the last year, year and a half through a mutual friend named Tim Mountain Man, Montana, Tim Redbeard, Montana, Tim Psycho, Montana. Like I've, I've called him everything. I've wrestled him. I've boxed him. I've slap boxed him. I love Tim Montana and his network is amazing. And this guy that I'm talking to today is close he lives in tennessee i believe and he runs he's the founder and operator and everything for special ops excursions and i'm going to tell you guys like what i think it is and then mr scott graves our guest today will enlighten us on what his foundation does it provides hunting and fishing excursions outdoor excursions for active duty special forces so we're talking you know seals and rangers and and in high ups in the in the army what you would probably call green berets and even higher than that that i've been taught through my association with soldiers and guys like scott graves that sometimes you don't even mention what caliber or what level these warriors get to but is that fair to say mr scott graves thank you for being here and is that kind of what special ops excursions does in a nutshell yeah man first off glad to be here buddy thanks for the invite appreciate you and of course oh boy tim montana but uh yeah man so our program socks is uh more or less designed to give operators and their families uh pre and post deployment a chance to you know come back home get in the outdoors whatever the outdoors might be to them you know for me and you it's always a duck hunt it's my favorite but, you know, some guys are more than NASCAR races or a concert or an NFL game. We facilitate getting that family out in the outdoors, decompress a little bit. And when you say decompress, there I've there's been so many conversations between myself and other individuals where I try to explain to them what it's like to be in a situation with one of these warriors, whether they're I've, I've hunted with injured guys that can no, no longer serve. I've hunted with guys that are have been special forces that have been actually shot and can no longer serve. I've had um, guys that are still active duty and would, can't wait to go back. I've had three-star and four-star admirals in duck blinds. Um, and to, to, to know that these guys look at me, Scott, and say, thank you so much for – what you do, Chad or Scott, or thank you so much for bringing me out on this hunt and how humble and thankful and appreciative they are. I sit there and shake my head like, wow, dude, like you're thanking me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, are you serious? Like you're sitting in that duck blind thanking me when life can't get any better of knowing that we can give back to them. And I always ask them like, when it comes to decompression and the therapy that a duck blind or a turkey woods or a deer stand or a concert, Zach Brown singing chicken fried on stage in Georgia and having soldiers walk out and salute the flag and the crowd goes nuts and American pride and knowing that it's an election year and knowing that our warriors are still placed in places around the world, stuff that we don't even know is going on on a lot of these missions, Scott. The word decompress is like, 
Can you imagine being in harm's way like that and wanting to go back after you decompress for a couple days or a couple weeks, maybe a couple months? And the only thing in your head is like, my, my, my fellow brothers and sisters are still out there. I can't wait to get back. That's what the word decompress means to me. If you can give them a day to just not think about it, because right away, they're going to be thinking about it again. Have, is, that, is that what you encounter all the time? Every weekend you're around, man. It's uh, the same thing. You know, our other founders, Brian Boland, Green Beret for 20 years, solid, solid guy, great American. And we did a little interview with him recently, and he put it pretty fantastic into words for me as a civilian, things I don't consider always. So Brian was talking about, uh, you know, deploying downrange every year for like 10 years in a row, you know, and missing his kids like an entire school year. Like you leave, it's you know, summertime and you're gone the entire school year, you miss baseball games, everything. And you come back home and you get that weekend with your kids in the blind or, you know, fishing with your family and kids. Like that's how you wash away some stress, not everything, but a little bit. And uh, that's impactful and it's important. And, you know, we try to do more and more of that as time goes on because the guys need that. And you always want to assume that there are as headstrong as we would hope, right? Like there's nothing that can bring this man down or this woman down. They are special forces. They are doing things that everyday civilians like yourself and myself would, I probably would never consider it. Like I often ask him, Scott, I look at a warrior and I'll go, do you ever look down at a guy like me? And they'll be like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, because I didn't serve. Do you ever look at a guy like me and think less of me because I don't do what you do. And it's 100% of the time they look at me and go, absolutely not. Like you're doing what you were put on earth to do. You're giving back in ways that you can give back. This is what we, this is who we are. This is what we live for. We know that we're in harm's way. We know that there is a chance that we perish in one of these missions. We get that. That's the life of the military. And I always ask them like, you know, besides, you know, do you judge people that don't do it, which none of them do, which is crazy to me and awesome and so humbling, but you would never imagine that somebody that would never, that would be afraid, never be afraid to go over there and do what they're doing to protect us. When we lay our heads down on pillows over here with our kids and our wives and our families and our friends, that they would get to the point to where they would want to take their life. And this is a real thing of, of millet of what special ops excursion can do for the therapy that they can provide in these trips, because it's a real issue of these warriors that are so headstrong sometimes don't have anywhere else to go back here in society. It's almost like being in prison for a hundred, you know, 50 years and then coming out and trying to like the old man that got out of prison in the Shawshank redemption. He didn't know what to do with himself. Right. And what did he do? He took his life. So like you, 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 you were faced with this, a lot of stories about this. Is it, is, I'm not trying to sound dramatized, but this is a real issue, right, Scott? Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. And that's why we're here. You know, like we kicked this thing off seven years ago, you know, I didn't see where we are now at all. You know, my plan was I had a green beret buddy who uh, liked the outdoors, had nowhere to go. I owned a little hunting lodge in Tennessee uh, I had a house full of beds and bunks and backyard dove and deer and turkeys. So like, why not bring some dudes out? You know, in my little feeble mind at that time, I thought, hey, I'll do like one dove hunt per year, one deer hunt per year. And like, 
do my part, be a proud American, give back a little bit. And like, I couldn't see beyond that starting out. But then you bring these guys out and man, they're just the best of the best. I mean, they are my best friends now. They talk to them downrange when they're training, when they're home with their families, you know, I'm at their house for dinner at night. I mean, they're my best buddies in the entire world. And, you know, you realize that it's not just a hunt, you know, it's not just a fishing trip. It's not just this little tiny getaway that means nothing to these guys. It's everything to their kids, you know, getting their first deer or first turkey with dad who's never home. Like you can't, you can't describe that. That's just so impactful and beyond important to the entire family. Like we're blessed to do it. You talk about what a fulfilling, fulfilling career you've built for yourself and your partners. Like I've worked with St. Jude's. I've worked with Ronald McDonald house. I've worked with you. I've worked with special, uh, freedom hunters and Mr. Anthony pace over there by taking veterans out. Um, and, and, and more, you know, it's not, it's never about us. Like when I get into camp and sometimes you'll have a celebrity there and not a warrior. And you're just like, this is cool. This guy's playing music around our campfire, but there's something about the aura of having a veteran of having an active duty soldier, a warrior sitting at that fire and, and looking across the fire and the, the admiration, the respect, the, the compassion, everything that goes in to the feelings you get for a human being. And I'm talking within five minutes of knowing them. And what, what's weird is that they truly are just people. But to me, when I'm sitting by them, I'm like, there is not a more important job in the world than what you guys do. And that I guarantee you it is probably the job that is taken for granted the most by us as everyday citizens, not you specifically, not me, because I get, I mean, I'm not saying that never, probably a couple times a a day, I, I might not be thinking about the military the way that we should. And I'm not saying that the military or these veterans or wars one is always thinking about them or praising them or kissing their ass or anything. I'm just saying like, I look at them across the fire, Scott Graves, and I'm like, dude, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine any of that. Like it, it literally, that's how I look at it, Scott. Like I can't imagine lacing my boots up and getting on that C-130 to go be delivered or dropped off on a mission or in a Blackhawk and dropped off or f- parachuting of halo and, 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 and low impact jumps or high impact, you know, all of the things that I've learned of the military. I can't imagine, dude. I literally cannot fathom when I'm looking at them in duck camp. I'm like, really? Like we're going out and we're going to have fun. We're going to drink a cold beer and we're going to shoot at a mallard duck. And then we're going to cook that mallard duck. We're going to pet our wet dog. And we're going to have Mr. Billy's biscuits and gravy tomorrow. And you literally were just over there doing what? Like, I don't know if there is a more important facet. And what, what you've done is you've given yourself the ability to develop friendships and lifelong friendships, but you also have put yourself in a position to have a lot of peaks and valleys. Cause if what, something does happen to one of these friends and now you've got their wife and their kids left, that's what I think about when I'm at the fire with them is that could happen at any time. And I'm not saying that you can't walk out of where you're sitting right now and get hit by a bus. It, anything could happen in life. But, but they are choosing to go over there and fight for us. And that's what blows my mind. Like, I could be in there with the biggest celebrities, baseball players, NASCAR drivers, politicians, music singers, whatever. And when a military veteran sits down at my fire, our fire, duck camp fire, I go, 
holy shit, this is life. This is amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Every day it's, uh, again, man, I'm, keep saying I'm blessed, but I'm blessed. Like every weekend, the fire pit, that's my, you know, surroundings. That's the guys I'm around. And, you know, there are peaks and valleys, you know, the peaks are amazing. You know, you hang around these heroes who have done all the cool TV movies that you watch. You know, I've had them at our duck camp hanging out, telling those stories in real time, you know, but the valleys, they suck. You know, we lost two buddies uh, last month, Tyler and Benny uh, passed away in a, uh, training accident. Um, you know, Scott Dayton was first guy killed in Syria, you know, good buddy and Carl Ennis, PJ killed in Iraq. You know, another really good friend was our air force, our POC booking all of our hunts for us. And he gets killed in combat. You know, uh, that stuff destroys you, you know, and the volunteers who take these guys out destroys them, but it also kindles a fire to do more. You know, we've got to do more. There are more guys out there, you know, warning these trips than we can facilitate right now. How can, how can America help? How I'm not, I don't have you on here today. We didn't talk about, Hey, let's bring Scott on to figure out how to get people to donate money. I don't want people thinking that that's what this is about. I just start thinking like, there's not a more important mission, like sick kids in St. Jude's and Ronald McDonald. It's so important. Like we, if you're not touched by it, like me, my daughter's uh, so healthy. I look at her every day and thank my freaking lucky stars because I've walked the hallways of St. Jude's. I've sat with families in Ronald McDonald house with their kids, with their heads shaved and scars on their head from all the chemo and the radiation. And it destroys me. But you know what? I walk out of there, not sad, not depressed. I walk out of there knowing what freaking was how resilient these kids are. They don't even know they're sick. They're laughing and high-fiving you and blowing duck calls and smiling. And I'm sitting there going, holy shit, my daughter is so healthy. I'm going to go home and hug her so hard. And I'm so thankful to have that. I'm asking people to like, think about the, what, you know, being involved with special ops. If you're an outfitter, if you're a booking agency, if you're somebody that can lend a hand to Scott Graves and his co-founders and his partners, do it. Like, what can we do? Can we offer hunts? Can we volunteer to take a veg? Can we fly them into a place? And I got a friend in Boise that's got a great flooded corn place. Can we, is that stuff, is that what you're looking for? How can, not just myself and our crew here at Foul Life and Banded, how can people reach out and help special ops excursions? Man, it's about the opportunity. You know, these guys are on base. Their op tempo is sky high, deploying all the time, training constantly this little tiny window of free time. And um, you're right, man. It's getting those guys out into the outdoors anywhere across the country. You know, you could be a, a hunting club, like I said, in Idaho, California, New York, doesn't matter. There are bases across the U.S. and there are guys who want to go. And it's not just my guys with socks. I mean, it's anybody. It's a veteran, an injured warrior. I mean, there's infinite numbers of dudes out there who need that getaway. And I mean, if think about all the guys you know and I know, infinite numbers of guys who have hunting camps across the country. If everybody stepped up and did a hunt for a wounded veteran, for a socks guy, for somebody, I mean, shit, dude, that's, it's insane. It's powerful. You know, how does it work? Scott, how does it work? Scott Graves? If I'm not an outfitter, I'm just, okay. So how, how does a normal dude or a normal dudette, a man or a woman, I have a place on the Yellowstone river in Billings, Idaho, and it's loaded with turkeys or mallards. I hear this podcast, liability, insurance. What if you send a group of SOX members out there 
And how can we assure people, is there protection here? Is there something that needs to be done as far as different liability insurance policy goes? Because nobody wants to have something go wrong, obviously gun safety and everything, but we are dealing with hunts and guns here on a lot of these excursions, a lot of the trips that you plan. How is that a fair question to ask? And how do you assess that if somebody volunteers? Always, man. Very fair question. So we do carry insurance. Uh, we have liability coverage for all of our guests and volunteers. Uh, of course, we have our lawyers draft up waivers every year for us that are, you know, greatest and everything else. So our volunteers, landowners, outfitters are always covered. You know, we don't think a thing's going to happen. These guys are all gun professionals. They're very, very safe. But again, things do happen. We want to, you know, kind of keep our volunteers, you know, resting easy at night, knowing they're not going to lose their entire farm. Something did happen. You know, we we're heavily covered with insurance. That's awesome you know, here. Normal guys can use us. We're not just an outfitter-based program. Uh, again, from Tennessee, Nashville guy, grew up in West Tennessee. But, you know, we have hundreds of volunteers across the state who just own, you know, a cool little backyard turkey farm or backyard deer farm. They bring out dudes, you know, once a year. Uh, a lot of guys put guys in their own house. They'll put dudes up with them their family. Uh, if that's not cool, we can do hotels, you know, rent Airbnbs in the area. So we kind of cover all that backside logistics. That's my job. So, you know, I'll, you call me up, you want two guys to your personal duck hole. I'll find the two guys. We'll cover travel, hotels, insurance, ammo, uh, you know, banded waiters for the guys to use, loaner shotguns, and make sure that guy's fully outfitted so you're not stressing that yourself. Do you ever – do you ever stop to think like I get, I get kind of emotional when I think about the hunts that I've shared uh, with military, I was literally just on my phone talking to you and I was looking at my phone and I was like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to reach out to this guy named Scott Steer, um, green beret and higher. He was this high, you know, you've dealt with these guys. You've been friends with a lot of them too. Um, like the outlook this man has on life. I, I, I remember vividly at SHOT Show one year walking through, I don't even know how many faces you see walking into SHOT Show, but it's in the thousands and thousands for sure. And this dude's smile, when you see it, he's six foot four, probably the best looking guy in the world. Like when I'm around him, I want to slap him for being so handsome. You know, he's that guy, but he is the sweetest man. And when you, when I sit down with him in duck camp, Scott, and this is where I was going, my question is like, you're, you see him smile and then you're like, but wait a minute, you did this and you did that. Have you ever thought about like how, how nice these dudes are? It's almost like being around Chad Mendez or somebody that goes in and whips up on Connor for a round and, you know, and, and, and they, 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 they're just gentle, you know, sweet people, right? Like, do you ever stop to think about the the on and off button. I got a blab laying here. He's actually out of here now, but he laid in my last podcast named Axel. This dude, you would think he would never retrieve a duck in the world the way he lays around. The button is pushed and he is a freaking machine. You ever stop to think about what that button is for Man, these warriors? All the time. So I got a funny story. So uh, I got a good buddy. He's a, uh, he's a green beret, solid, solid guy. And, uh, you know, all of his work colleagues are like, man, this guy is just a, a stud downrange. He like first guy in the fight, last guy out. He is just that guy. Get him around hunting camp. And like, he's just a church deacon. He's a dad. 
doesn't cuss, doesn't really drink. He's just a so squared away, straight and narrow guy. It's hard for me to imagine that guy deployed, you know, clearing a house, you know, and shooting a terrorist when he's just nice little humble, gee golly, smiling guy. I mean, I, we love him. My wife loves him. My entire family does. He's just this guy that you can't imagine being anything else than this church deacon, godly man here at hunting camp with this. I mean, it's and a definite switch, you know? What is it though? How, I don't, yeah. I mean, I could understand I a switch. Have, you know. I, I could understand a switch going off in a bar fight and somebody's talked smack about your woman and all of a sudden you're throwing a little, a couple bombs back when we were in our twenties, but a switch to do what we're talking about. Like when I, when I see Scott's face and his smile or Joe Admiral, Joe McGuire, he's been on the podcast. I, look up Joe McGuire. I know you know who he is, but I sat across the table in Stuttgart with this man and another warrior that was a Purple Heart recipient in Vietnam, Mr. Tom Arthur, drinking a little red wine, just a casual night around duck camp. It was right after dinner before we go out to the fire. Admiral says he needs to take a leak. He excuses himself from the table. And Tom Arthur looks at me and goes, he leans into the table. This is a 75-year-old man, Scott. And he goes, you have no idea what an, an American badass that man is. This man, Scott, is five foot eight, 160 pounds at the most, 165 maybe. And he, I'm talking about Admiral McGuire. Joe or Tom Arthur leans over and goes, Belding, you have no idea what an American badass this man is. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, he has a button that you would never believe of what he's done in the military. And I just looked at him and went, that guy, like him, really? Like, there's no way. The dude is so like sweet and you hear him talk and all he wants to do is sit in his backyard swing with his wife in Florida and enjoy the flowers, right? And then he, I hear about some of the stuff that he encountered and experienced and I'm like, I just don't have that button. I don't have it. Like, I get excited to watch UFC fight. I get excited to watch Mike Tyson, maybe not the one coming up, even though it is a little interesting, but... To, to know that I get to go chase mallards tomorrow, I get excited. But that button is freaking different, man. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And to hear defunding of police and military defunding and all of the disrespect that this bullshit is causing me to think about of, 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 the, uh, of what this Democratic Party is talking about in some of this stuff, I just look at it like, wait a minute. Have you ever been around like have you ever listened to the stories that we have around fire if you heard any of these stories we would never think about defunding police scott this is ass nine like this is crazy to me that i can look at a smile of scott steer and some of the cops and firefighters and, and first responders that i've been able to hunt with knowing that there's people out there that don't respect and hold their service to the highest respect does that make sense i'll do it all day all day long man it blows my mind I mean, look like the Vietnam era, those guys coming back home, being spit upon. Like, I can't imagine in my world ever thinking that poorly of any human to begin with, much less a military guy or a cop or a veteran. Dude, I, I can't get my head around it at all. I, I think about it a lot, though, man. I try not to, yeah. but it, it comes into my mind because I keep going back to Scott Stewart's smile, knowing that he would go back. If this man wore a bullet that went into his lat, out of his lat, through his bicep, out of his, tore his bicep tendon all the way through his arm and almost killed the man. You know what he did? This man 
made a mistake in his mission, self-admittingly. After he was shot, he laid in a pen of goats and tried to tie tourniquets around him. He was having to hold the mouths of goats so they wouldn't give up his cover. He laid in there while his warriors and his brothers, so they didn't get given up. He laid in there shot, bleeding to death, taking care of himself. And then I get to walk through a hall at man or at, at, at the, at the casino in Vegas where shot show is at the Venetian in the Palazzo and see this freaking guy, the audacity of smiling at me. Like really like he, you're, you're really smiling that big Scott after I know what you went through. That's, what's crazy to me that people would not respect everything that our, that our first responders and our military go through to protect us and then have the audacity to smile at us. Like we're not, we're not dealing with, with robots here, people. We are dealing with people that smile they have hearts. They have feelings. They get their heart broke. Their kids fall down on the playground. Their kids get cut from JV basketball teams, and they have to be there for them. And then they're still smiling after they take a bullet on top of all of that. It blows my mind that pe- I, I look at some of these agendas, and I'm like, I should just punch you for even waking up this morning and having that thought. That's what I would like to do. For you even having that thought, you just need to wear a, a, a nice little slap across the, uh, 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 across the head. As much as I don't want to hit a human being, Scott, I can't can't fathom some the way these people it. think. What's that? Yeah. Some guys need it, man. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Again, I just I can't get my head around it at all. I mean, like I'm from rural West Tennessee. Like, man, we're bobble thumping, you know, God fearing, love military, love the police. You know, we've got respect for everybody. Like, maybe it's a respect issue nationwide, man. There's just no respect for anybody anymore. Where is it going? What What is changing? What's happening, Scott? Where Where in the, is it social media that everybody's got to live their best life and it, it's a competition to see who could get the most likes and the most friends and the most followers? Because I really don't care how many followers you have. Like I've never looked how many followers special ops has. I know that it's a marketing deal. I know that you're getting it out there for people to understand that we, it's not to say raw, raw, we went on a successful goose hunt. It's to say, Hey, Let's get involved to help these freaking warriors out and these first responders. Let's get them and their families out. We don't have an opportunity to do this every day. This is a chance right now. Is social media, is media, is TV or video games, is this whole on the couch concept of life and kids not going out and catching lizards and freaking uh, riding dirt bikes and scraping their knee and jumping on trampolines and trying to backflip and falling off and hurting themselves and learning like, oh, shit, I might not want to do that again. That's how I learned. I never went through one day of my life without chopping wood or stacking kindling or filling my dad's truck with some kind of dirt or unloading dirt or, 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 or tending to the chickens, getting the fresh eggs or making sure the goats had a place to sleep and the pigs were all cleaned off of their food. I mean, is this just not happening enough anymore, you think? I don't know. Like... Again, I'm 41, so I grew up in the pre-internet era, thank goodness, you know, in high school and college. There weren't, you know, a cell phone with a camera on board 24-7. And, man, we lived the moment. We lived it. You know, you're out there doing things. You're hunting. You're fishing. You're going out. And you're not stuck to your damn, you know, screen all day. I mean, I, I do think social media is ruining a generation. Man, maybe it's just me. I'm old school and live middle of nowhere in the country. But... Man, social media, if it wasn't for our program and using that for a marketing tool and using that to keep comms with our volunteer network and our soldier network, man, I wouldn't have it at all. You wouldn't have it. Neither would I. No. I I don't post. I I don't know if I've ever posted 
maybe one picture of my daughter, maybe two in 10 years of, of a duck hunt. And I even had to have conversations with Michael Waddell and T-Bone about like, because they have their kids on their shows and stuff. And yeah. I never have, I asked them, is it okay if I post this? Like, I didn't even feel right about it almost. Like, I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I would never have it if I didn't have brands. Yeah, I mean, that's I don't me. know. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's a shame. Like, I don't know if that's fake ass for me to say that. But I would never have a personal account. And my brother said ten years ago, maybe eight years ago, that social media will be the downfall of society. And where I'm going with that, Scott Graves, is why in the hell are we talking the way that we are right now instead of being like. We live in the best country in the world. Everybody respects everybody. And kids are still getting dirty. And kids still have a work ethic. And kids still want to say the Pledge of Allegiance. And kids still want to pray. And kids still want to go to school. But we're sitting here going, dude, this sucks. We got kids that don't want to work. We got kids that don't want to get off their tablets or their freaking iPhones. We got kids that are playing games and getting stalked by online predators. And it's okay. No, none of this shit's okay. If it was okay and social media was good, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I know that there's good and bad that comes with everything, but this, we're, this conversation is taking place a lot in this country because there is an issue with the way kids are being raised today on these tablets and the social media platforms. And is it ever going to stop? Is, am I going to wake up someday and I'm going to have somebody go, dude, did you hear the news? And I'm going to go, what? And Scott calls me and goes, Belding, did you hear that Instagram's no more? It's gone. Twitter's gone. Facebook's gone. MySpace is gone. Why can't these other ones be gone? Like, do we have to go onto a dating site to meet a girl? Can't we just walk up to a girl at a rodeo and say, yo, what's up with the Wranglers? You know, like, can we dance? You want to, you want to go have a shot of Jack Daniels in the tent? What happened to that shit? Now we got to go on and see a profile and swipe left. I've never been on a dating site. I've never, I've never filled out a profile, Scott. So the, my point is, is that if it was good, we wouldn't be sitting here with so many issues about it. We would be like, oh dude, Instagram is unbelievable, man. Everybody's so realistic on there. There's, there's nobody that's, that's making their face look like their face really doesn't look on there. People aren't shrinking their waists on there. People aren't texturing or, or filtering all. I, I shot a limit of mallards today. Put it on who gives a shit.com. Yeah. It's not a competition. It's just not. Let's start seeing the reality of that nobody is living that best life every day. I I'm sorry to break it to you folks, but we do get sad and we do get depressed and we do get lonely. And I don't even want to read about you being lonely on your Instagram. I don't want to, I don't care that you got broken up with. I don't care what you had for breakfast this morning. Just call me and let's have a conversation. Maybe I'm on a soapbox right now, Scott Graves, but no, I, I think I think a fireplace, a fire pit with a warrior is way more important than getting a bunch of freaking likes because I promise you that if I go on my Instagram today and I post a picture of me with a duck call and that look of up in the sky and I got seven mallards, let's say three mallards, and I'm still one short in Arkansas hanging on a strap from this freaking oak tree, and then I post a picture of me at a fire with Scott Steart, the one with the dead ducks is going to get thousands of likes. The one with Scott might get hundreds because they have no idea what that man's done. That's an issue. It is, but you know, we're dinosaurs, man, you know, like social media said, yeah, you've lost my space. There's Instagram's cool. Now what's next? I don't know. Will I use it? Probably not. I mean, I'm, I'm a Facebook. Oh, come on. I know you got TikTok, Scott. <laughs> I did for like a few weeks. Not going to lie. I believe it though. I lost it. I, I've Too never had one. Man, it's not healthy. So, I'm on a farm middle of nowhere. Like I want to be outside riding my can am. I want to be outside my neighbors with a fire pit or grilling out a steak, you know, and not in the house on TikTok. That's just not what I want for myself. 
for my life. We don't want that. So, you know, we're outdoors eating, you know, like I hunt all winter, but, you know, we're a little farm, working farm, corn, wheat, and beans. So, like, we're out in the combine going for a ride. And we're just oh, doing I love combines, dude. I love combines. Oh, it's a blast. They turned me on. You know that Kenny Chesney song? <laughs> She thinks my yeah. tractor's sexy. Like when I'm in Canada in the harvest and I'm on a combine with Grant Kuypers, I literally feel like the sexiest man in the world. I le- I really do. Like I West just Tennessee, man. We'll go for a ride. <laughs> yeah, we got a team up. But I love what you're saying. But here's the deal. I love to grill. I love to cook duck and deer and good beef. But then my friends are like, dude, quit filming all this shit. I gotta film it, man. Traeger, yeah. Traeger, and and the the provider rubs and. Thermopin and Jack Daniels and Budweiser, dude, we're going to burn this shit. If we leave it on here and you're like, wait a minute, I got to get the right shot. Wait a minute. Say this about it. <laughs> I can't even enjoy a barbecue anymore without thinking I got to get content, 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 content. That's not cool, man. It's not I'm the cool. same way though. Like we're doing this weekend, a fly fishing trip, East Tennessee, who our volunteers running the operation for us. And so same thing for you left. I'm like, bro, don't forget. I need three or four cool pictures of like, a guy back casting a fly line or a big trout. That shouldn't be my last comment, but it is. You know, I've got to thank the outfitter. I've got to thank the volunteers. Without them, there's no program. Like, you've got to have, in my mind, at least some shout-outs. Again, Trigger Grills. You know, gave us two grills for our program. Like, in my mind, I'm very thankful for that. But I owe them a little, you know, thank you every now and then, a shout-out. But, you know, meal being cooked up. Heck yeah. donations. Oh, d- dude, don't get me wrong. Content is so, it's king right now. Yeah. But do you remember when you could just go to your buddy's house and go stand by the grill and drink a cold Bud Light and not worry about this thing right here? Like, yeah. and, then, it, and then you got to sit there and edit the video and you got to take the cuss word out and you got to make sure that it's lit the right way. And like, I love Traeger. I will go to my grave telling people I love Traeger. I'm glad that I'm partnered with them, but I'll tell you right now, if they cut me tonight, I'm cooking on it tomorrow because I just feel like it, the food tastes better. I'm going to give them content because they are a partner of ours and that's what we do. That's the life that we've chosen. But when I first started this, you know what the content was? I would maybe write a blog once a month and I had a TV show and now my camera guys when we're on the road, Scott, when we're out in the field, my camera guys will look at me, roll their eyes, tell me to get lost, say, if you pull your phone out one more time, you're messing up my shot. How can I film you while you're filming them? Get real. Go back to Chad just wanting to be on TV and entertain somebody through this duck hunt and maybe let them live through us vicariously. And now they're saying you're losing your rhythm because every time there's a shot for TV, you think that in your head that you need to get it for your social media. So now they're filming me filming the shit and it doesn't work for TV so it's like it's like oh my gosh i gotta like set aside time for each thing now i gotta get that shot guys wait a minute okay now you guys go and i'll talk and now oh wait a minute now the next shot comes up and i gotta get it because i think i'm fear of missing out what if i do get the best shot today what if i get twelve thousand likes on a picture traeger's gonna love me more i don't know i don't know if they would love me more i don't know i don't know if it went away tomorrow and I just had the TV show again and an occasional phone call to maintain and provide maintenance for the relationship. Would that suffice? Can we ever get back to that? I don't know, man. You're the face guy for foul life. I mean, your face is the brand. I don't know if you will or not. For me, I'm lucky. I am behind the scenes of our program. Like you will not see my face on the socks, social media ever. 
I mean, every now and then it pops up, but I don't like it. You know, like I am, I'm not socks. It is not the Scott Graves show. It is our soft warriors. It's their show where I can be behind the scenes and like get a cool picture of them or a video of them that doesn't make social media. Like we took some guys to uh, the Dakotas hunting ducks a few weeks ago, like uh, nine guys, all soft warriors, all badass guys, phenomenal, phenomenal troops. Dude, I didn't carry a gun, didn't buy a license. Like my goal, I made a video, I had my cell phone out the entire time. I filmed backyard pistol range, grilling out, fire pit, shooting ducks and geese on the drive home, 15 hour drive, made a little video, sent to the guys, they all got it, gave me a thumbs up, deleted it. You know, again, it's it's not for anybody else but them. You know, it's not for TV, it's not for Facebook. It's a video for the guys for that hunt. You know, for, for memories. For yeah. memories. Do you ever think that maybe just the memory is enough? Maybe yeah. one picture. Do you ever think that just opening, you know what I've been doing this last week? I've been, I don't know. I think I have, I'll tell you right now. Let me see if I can find the number. This is a crazy number and I'm sure you're probably right with me. But if I go to photos on my phone. <laughs> Scary number. I don't know how to, I don't know. I don't remember how you, how you see how many photos you have. Do you know how? Buddy, I'm a tech idiot. Asking the wrong guy. I, I think it's, uh, oh, here it is. I have 5,780 videos. I have 2,362 screenshots. And I have 13,030 photos. I go to my mom's house and she's got 250 badass textured what we used to call photo albums. Okay. They still sell these things, dude. As a matter of fact, I, so I just bought a bunch on Amazon. Is that cool? I should have went to a local store and supported a mom and pop, but here I am. I'm on Amazon. Um, and I've been filling, I've been printing pictures off my phone and bro, I'm talking, you talk about instant gratification that a phone can provide you. I have people that are sitting down on my couches or at my tables now, Scott Graves, and opening these and going, holy shit, where was that? Oh, what was, and it's bringing back the memories. You know why? Because you're never going to look at 13,000 pictures on your phone. So I often ask myself, I'm at a Zach Brown concert and I'm watching this concert through a four inch screen while I record it. Like somebody's going to give a shit to see this video. The memory is right there in front of us, man. Print this in your mind. Take a picture of the show and put your phone away. Print that picture out. Put it in a phone book, a photo album, and now go back and look at it. Because people, I actually don't like when people go, dude, had the greatest hunt, man. Check this out. And they start scrolling through their phone. I'd love it if we sat down at a freaking, uh, at a lodge and I could open up these photo albums. I do it all the time at Prairie Wings in Arkansas, the old photo album, Scott. And I just go, man, look at that, man, look at that. There's something about the we're talking about social media and, and legitimacy and, and realism do it, dude. I don't know if you do it. I don't know if your significant well, other does it. So, uh, man, I wish you were my desktop right now. If I'm a laptop out, we'd walk to my kitchen. My wife hates it, but our entire kitchen wall of our farmhouse is all photographs, eight by tens of me and my buddies from the mid nineties until now, like every year I make it a point to print out like five or eight pictures per year eight by 10, get a nice frame and hang them up. So you go in our kitchen, you have 25 years of memories 
of me and my best buddies on our best adventures with our best guest ever. And I love it. So our Sox Lodge took the same mentality. Go to our Sox hunting camp, walk in the dining room. There's a giant wall full of eight by 10 photographs of all these dudes around the entire country, African safaris, fishing in Canada, you name it. And dudes walk in, oh, I knew that guy in the Q course, or I knew that guy from Bud's. It's just giant, small world. And they stand there for an hour. Like no one talks like, oh yeah, that looks really cool. You know, a mule deer hunt out West. They Isn't just that's them. the best. It's like being oh, in the, right. it's like being in the Smithsonian, bro. Yeah. I love going to my mom's house and like every hallway is inundated with what we used to call picture frames. Like you had multiple pictures in one frame. I don't know how many people still do this, but I am going to start doing it again because do it. it's one, you just said the number one thing about, I have these tables that I wanted to start a business with called converse and I'm still looking into it. I've already got the trademark search. So nobody try to steal my idea, please. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of like an old style arrowhead table that you would see out West here. My dad would collect all these arrowheads and I hope nobody hears that. Cause I, I think it's illegal, but we still picked them up. Um, but he would build these tables to where underneath the glass, you would see the, the arrowhead collection. And then they would stand as a coffee table, but then he he put some in picture frames. Same thing, right? He put like some cotton down with the feather of a turkey, or you know, like a feather out of an Indian tribe's headdress out here that we got to meet, and because we have we have some really cool reservations around where we live and hunt. Um, so I, this whole table idea was thought of by my friend Rush Radoni, who's a badass concrete guy. He built me these concrete tables. And we put three eighths inch glass across the top. Well, I got this huge dining room table. That's all concert tickets, guitar picks, drumstick, uh, set lists, backstage passes, not raw, raw. It's like, this is my life. This is what I do. So people will look at that and go, dude, I was at that show. Van Halen, 2006. I was there. That was right when David Lee Roth came back for that short period of time. Got rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. But I was like, that's what these tables were meant to do. Converse, start. So then I started thinking about, I want to start a restaurant change chain called converse walk in your cell phone is dismissed and alleviated well but we want to take a picture and put on social media we don't want you we don't want our restaurant on there we want you to come in here and you know what's going to be in here there's going to be a chalkboard and it's going to have topics of the day it'll have a little bit of the special on there but it's going to have topics of the day of what's going on around our community around our country around the world if you don't have anything to talk to the people that you came to lunch with or dinner with we're going to freaking give you something to talk about through our topics day our topics board over here you know why scott because you go in and everybody at the table is head down in this phone. I'm like, why are y'all even at lunch together? You're just yep. down there checking your social media, checking your status, checking your likes, checking your email, checking your text. Talk to the people across the table. Am I guilty of this? Heck yes. I do the same shit and I can't stand myself for it, but that's the world we live in. So when I hear you talk about these eight by 11 frames, that's what I do, man. When people come in, they see albums. What do you, why do you have that album on the wall? Oh, that's Don Williams. I grew up on that album. My dad would play that album. Oh, that's way. Oh, that's the highway. Oh, that's the outlaws. Oh, that, that album there is because I got to hunt with this guy. I'm humbled to do it. And I had him sign it. Well, it starts conversation. Yeah. Oh man, I saw Jamie Johnson in concert. He's saying in color, Jamie Johnson's a Marine. He does everything for our military. It just starts conversation. That's how it's supposed to be. You don't get that over a phone. You know why? Because if it doesn't have 13,000 likes next to it, nobody gives a shit about the picture. If you put it in a photo album or a picture frame on the wall, like you're talking about at the Sox Lodge or your kitchen that wears your wife out, that's what memories are built off of. 
Yeah. I'm telling you, dude, these phones aren't memories. These phones have them in there. But how yeah. many people are actually... I remember on Howard Stern when I used to listen to him before he lost me of his on his liberal rants, I would hear this this uh, advertisement for companies that you could just send up send all these photo uh, files in and they'll print them for you like five thousand photos for twenty bucks or something. I never did it, and now I don't hear those advertised anymore. You know why? I bet you nobody ever did it because no. it's okay just to have them on our phone. You're creating memories with warriors. You're printing them out on the wall. Let me ask you this, and I'll let you talk because I've rambled way too much. You're when good, I get, man. I'm, it's all valid topics. When you have these pictures of the warriors on your wall, do you have to hide their faces or is it okay in your personal presence to have them? Cause I, I would assume that these active duty soldiers cannot show their face. I know for sure on social media, but can they in a lodge like that? Man, it's like our lodge is open to public and, you know, we don't disclose where we are. There's a thing online that says socks lodge. You drove by our lodge. Now you wouldn't know what it is. It's just very non-discreet. It's like in our, in our facility, you know, we have flags from special missions. We have uh, photographs from various hunts and fishing trips, and there are faces shown. And so, again, you know, in my mind, guys can come in and you're seeing your buddies. You're seeing your brothers who've died in combat. You're seeing your friend's kids for a youth hunt five years ago. Now they're, you know, 15 years old and not 10. You're like, oh, I'm here, Billy's kid being 10 years and a little brat, you know, like memories from flooding back from all these things. Like, I don't want to diminish that or or stifle that growth, like guys walking in and having memories flood back. Now, at some point, if we have to pull pictures down, you know, I would. But for right now, I'm going to rock it out and keep putting up more every year and let guys get more and more excited. That's killer, man. You need you need to do uh, those photo books where they where you take your photos and then you can like design your book with a really yeah. cool cover. My friend John LaMonico in Montana, he's actually written three book, two or three books now about his hunting life. Um, I'm going to have him send you some for the Warriors. Uh, amazing books. Amazing man. Hey, turn 90. Tells me, Chad, on my 90th birthday, I want to be duck hunting with you. You know what I mean? Through, through COVID, he got told he can't go to Argentina. The dude lost his mind. He's going to Argentina, right? Well, you can't travel during COVID. Argentina duck season is in June, May and June and July. So what happens? He's in 90. Season opens up here. The dude has been relentless. I met this guy when he was 86, 85 in Saskatchewan, Canada, Buck Paradise Lodge. He walks up to me and goes, excuse me, Chad, could I have a few minutes of your time? I'm like, sure, sir. Takes me outside of where the music was playing. He's like, I'm a big fan of the show. I love what you're doing. You have a great press, all this stuff. And I'm like, what's going on with this guy? So I started looking into him, Scott. Like, I'm like, you talk about never judge a book by the cover. Like, oh, this is just another older man that paid to come up here to hunt. This mm -hmm. dude achieved everything in life business he's hunted 37 countries 37 wow he's he ran the biggest textile company in the world with the brittingham family in texas and he wants to tell me that he's a fan of me again it's that mentality of like the humility of what this world puts on you this man has written these books with these photo books with words in them. He tells the stories about what I'm telling you. Like, I want to know the stories of these socks hunts. Like what are these guys feeling when that Turkey freaking fans out and freaking gobbles his head off on, on a crisp April morning? Right. 
what are they feeling when those mallards set up on their on their spread in Montana on the river? Like, think about like how cool that part of a soldier's life is of what they're feeling with that when they do get to decompress. Do you knowing what you know about these soldier Scott Graves and the friendships that you've built with them? I've heard both ways. I'll be honest. I've heard both ways on this answer to this question. Do you look down at, or do you think the majority of the soldiers that you surround yourself with active duty soldiers and the special ops, special forces look down at somebody that came back from a mission and went to Hollywood and became famous and popular and potentially rich off of a movie off of a mission that they should have never taken credit for because it's a team effort and your brothers were there. Um, specifically there's ones that have said, well, this one man is responsible for shooting Osama bin Laden. I don't believe it, but it might be true. I like, you know who I'm talking about. Like, I don't know him. I know Tim does very well. I have nothing but mad respect for him. I'm simply asking, is it okay to come back and do that? after you serve our country or what's the general overall consensus in your opinion? Man. So as a civilian, I'm not putting my two cents on that. If guys should or shouldn't, I didn't sign that line to go down range and hunt terrorists down. So my voice on that is my voice. I mean, stay quiet. Uh, but uh, as far as guys at hunting camp talking about their colleagues who have done that route, uh, it's probably 50, 50, you know, some dudes are like, yeah, I mean, you sacrifice 20 plus years of your life to your country and you get out and you can't find a job for various reasons or this and that, and you need money and you write a book and become wealthy. That's your choice. Uh, some guys are just, they're all operational. They leave the military and that's their secrets. And they're telling nobody, you know, they're around me at the lodge and other fellow guys and, you can hear it. I can hear it. They'll get into some military talk. I mean, I just, I'll leave the room. You know, again, like I didn't, I've not done that. I'm not a green brain. I'm not a seal. I've got a lawn care business in Nashville. You know, it's my day job. So like, I just leave the room man. that's their talk. That's their business. And they can pick on somebody for a story or not, but I'm just not getting involved. <laughs> you know, like that's my easy way out. Just I walk away from it. Yeah, I think that I'm the same way because it's hard to pass judgment on somebody that served and sacrificed and then wants to come over and tell their story and benefit off of that. These guys deserve way more than they get when they come back in the first place, in my opinion. So I just I often ask, like, what do people that are in the trenches with them that don't get part of that money don't get part of that popularity notoriety celebrity per se if you will do they look at it like whoa when we signed up that wasn't part of the deal we're this is supposed to stay low-key and like it's like a hidden valor right like this is a a secret value this is the boys club i don't know i don't know how i have no judgment on it either because i don't know what i would do put in the situation because i've never signed up for it either but there seems to be that 99% of the ones that do sign up for it have never done that. So that leads me to believe that maybe it's not supposed to go that route. You know what I mean? Like if that was the case, don't you think more people would do it? Yeah. I mean, like, again, not for my foot in my mouth by any means, but like we had some buddies out and man, they're a, you know, top tier team doing some cool stuff. One of their guys who got out a few years ago did a book recently. 
and the guys were, you know, kind of bashing the guy for it. And same thing, like that's their right. Like they're in that unit, they're in the fight, they're working their butts off. The guy who got out a few years ago, like that situation, like what's he in right now? Like I don't know where he is in the country. I don't know what he's doing. And if he felt the need for a book, again, that's his choice, man. Like I'm all about freedom of choice and everything. Own a gun, own a gun, write a book, write a book. Again, it's your choice while we're Americans. But his buddies can also cut the respect out for him as well. That's a consequence of that. Say that last part again. His buddies can what? It can be a consequence. He writes that book, but there also to that there's consequences. He may lose his friends for writing that book. And that could be tough, man. I couldn't imagine being in that world and losing and alienating your friends. Yeah, that's that's where it all goes. That's what it all stems down to, though. That's the roots of my question is I wonder if that's all considered before that decision is made. But yeah. again, I don't have a I don't have an opinion on it. I just always ask the question because it seems like it's supposed to be the other way around. Mm-hmm to where nobody gets a hundred percent of the money or the notoriety or even the credit for doing something. Yeah. That's the biggest question is the military is all a brotherhood. Like how did you get there? You got dropped off by a black hop, a black Hawk operator. How did he get there? He got trained by this badass. He, you know, like there's this whole deal of like who takes the credit. That's a big thing. It's like yeah. the Dodgers just won the World Series. Well, Kershaw or whoever Bellinger's the MVP. Well, who gives it? Like, no, that's just a trophy. They ain't get. They're not in that position without the manager and Davy John or not Davy Johnson, but Roberts and and all of the guys that put into that team. Right? They're a team. So it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. You know, like Kershaw is going to be the guy that Nike comes to and goes, "Hey, you're 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 Clayton Kershaw. We want you to be our spokesperson," and then. They're going to go to Mookie and be like, we want you to do this because you bowl a 300 and you barbecue and you can dunk a basketball and you're a World Series champion with the Red Sox and now the Dodgers. You're going to be the face. That's different. That's that's getting endorsement and having that. The other team is going to have opportunities to sell their baseball cards or go to an autograph signing or whatever. With the military, just like we talk about like how we hold them in the highest regards, it just seems like that respect would be held in the highest regards to me. But again, they have the right to make money. It's like being a college athlete in the NCAA. Oh, you're going to sell a jersey that's got my name on it, and Duke's going to make millions off of me selling out this arena, but I can't go get a job or make any money while I'm under scholarship here? That doesn't make any sense. Like, it's a weird it's a weird mindset. Like, you got to really think about these guys of, like, you know, they're, they're out there stressed out, putting themselves in harm's way. They deserve to come back here and have a chance to make some money. But then you just said it perfect. The consequences of the respect of your brotherhood is what the number one – underlying issue is going to be yeah i mean for me i mean i don't know it's a tough one man tough question again being a civilian it's hard to even answer it you know i have my opinion but it's a grain of salt man you know grain of salt it's so hard to answer it because i you can't put it in there but the 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 conversation is very interesting to me it's Mm -hmm. very interesting because i've looked at people like i'm like i don't I don't think I want to even go there with you. I think I already know what you're going to say if I ask that certain person that question. Tim Montana, um, I met you through an event he put on with you um, to raise money for special ops. Um, 
Nashville last October, year ago already. Frick, yeah. man, over a year ago that's been. And because of COVID, we couldn't do second year. What a great event. What a great American, Tim Montana. Oh, Absolute badass, man. right? Yeah, he is. Great guy. How happy Average are, duck hunter. Below average. Below average, yeah. Below average wrestler. Yes, way below average. Good singer. Yeah. Excellent songwriter. He can cook some days. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Great storyteller. You know what he's the best at? You know what he's the best at is humility. Like that dude will literally like jump in my arms and hug me like I hadn't seen him in eight years. And I just got off the escalator coming from downstairs in the in the biggest airport in the world. And he spots me and he just runs up to me and what are you doing? Oh boy, what are you doing? Just talk about a value uh and a and a and a living life the right way and mm -hmm. optimism and positivity and daily growth and love and wife and family i mean how awesome right he's how, the man he's, he's really freaking is. awesome like, right he's his awkward kisses on the shoulder you know just he makes you feel loved that's what he does doesn't he really i mean just <laughs> so loved yeah i, I freaking love him and it's not just us though it's everybody around him says the same thing the dude's gravity man, sucks you in. You can't get away. What is it about him you think that does that? I have no idea. I wish I knew. I'm awkward and a weird redneck. You know, like I have none of those traits at all. Zero traits like Tim has. But if I did have those, different world. Because, I mean, he's a big star already in my eyes and most America. But he's going to be huge, man. He's going to be that guy. God, I hope he makes it. What about his record deal? Man, I've not talked to him a whole lot. He's been busy traveling. You know, I'm trying to get him out for a duck hunt this winter, but he has no free time, which is, you know, it happens. You get famous and no more free days. Did you did you listen to his podcast on here? I caught the first half and got caught with uh, work, which always happens. He, uh, the whole time I was just like fired up. It was like, it was almost like, somebody had put an IV of caffeine into my arm. It was just like, like the whole time I was just like, like a feed chuckle, the whole time, you know, talking to Tim, trying to keep up with his enthusiasm and his love for life. You know, like that dude gets, that dude makes me happy. I texted him yesterday. I go, I go, Hey, uh, I guess the hot sauce that you and Billy Gibbons ships out either, uh, comes from Peru where you discovered the, the peppers that you use or it comes Pony Express and he writes right back laughing his ass off <laughs> ha 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 <laughs> and just answered right back but I, dude I can if I if I'm getting a little down I can just text him and when he writes me back I'm like oh yeah the world's good right Tim Montana says so something absurd something hilarious yeah he's a badass man what what do you have a favorite moment with him Oh, cow, man. So uh, this is an embarrassing, but a great one. So me and my wife bought a new house in Nashville like four years ago. And uh, Tim and his wife, Danielle, we did dinner somewhere. I don't even know how it all happened. How would we do? And we went out somewhere. We had like red wine and we had beer. We had whiskey, all the fun Tim Montana things. And the dude's animal, you know that. I am not. I'm a dinosaur. So uh, Tim just crushed me on everything. And Man, I was just so sick the next day and it's like just hurting all over. And Tim's like, Oh, I'm feeling great. I'm out doing a podcast, out recording an album, writing songs. I'm like, I can't believe you're out surviving and doing things after yesterday, this hellacious, horrible night we had. 
that one i won't forget that one ever you know it's he's crazy like i i got one too that he got me on i don't you know trevor pardue is way better yeah. than i do what a great family i i love bragging on tim and trevor like they're badass americans too right yeah oh yeah um but i don't like trevor anymore and here's why <laughs> <laughs> let me hear it well i go and i you would have heard this on the podcast and you still might if you listen to the rest of it but Tim's on one of those nights, you know, he's fired up, Traegerin, music. We're playing that that game where they throw the the not not cornhole, but uh washers. washers. We're playing yeah. washers. And night's going well. Obviously, I'm an athlete. My bud Tyson is an athlete. We're just smashing Tim and his cohorts over there at the duck camp, <laughs> over there at Purdue's duck camp. Well, Tim doesn't like the competition, you know, being higher than him, so he starts a little starts off a little slap boxing then it's the put your dukes up with me and then it's just me saying tim i i don't like this i don't like where this is going and pretty soon he's tied up into a pretzel and in a knot and he's begging for me to let go of him and everybody's laughing and i smoked his head a little bit and i felt bad but i'm like tim stop i don't want to keep doing this i love you i love your beard i don't want to bloody it up or put red in it i just and i'm yeah. not tough tim i'm not a good fighter you're just not as good as me not being that good of a fighter in this condition you're in right now. So stop. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't stop. So I pretty much got him pretty good. The next day I'm in a podcast at Max Prairie Wings and I always, I'm, I got notes on my phone. I'm always like kind of picking up and saying, all right, this, I, I don't want to forget this part. If I do, if I'm going into something that I don't have a lot of background on, like today, I don't have any notes on you. I just have some bullet points. But yeah. in this particular one, it was about the snow goose event that I didn't have a whole lot of background on because I have never, I had never participated in it. So I pick it up and there's a text from, from Trevor and he goes, dude, we got to talk. And it's a picture of Tim laid up in the hospital, bandage around his head, um, <laughs> IVs in him. And he goes, um, whatever you did to his head last night, shit's not good. Bro, I freak out. I <laughs> excuse myself from the podcast. I run out. I call Trevor. And he just keeps his composure. He's like, bro, I'm up yep. here at the hospital right now. This ain't good. And I'm like hyperventilating. I'm like, dude, dude. And he's like. And then I hear that red beard bastard start to laugh in the background and I freaking, I go, Trevor, tell me what's going on. He goes, Oh, that was a picture of Tim from last year. He had this go on and we saw it today. So we thought we'd F with you, Scott. I lost my mind. I'm like, dude, I just left out of a podcast with Max Prairie Wings, our biggest dealer at Bandit, and I'm freaking out thinking that I really hurt Tim Montana, and him and Trevor are just laughing their asses off going down a dirt road in Arkansas. I hung up the phone, walked back in there. My heart rate's at like 177 probably. My resting heart rate is usually at about 44, like the doctors say, like that's too low. I'm at like 180 probably, 177, walking back into Max. I'm sweating profusely. I sit back down at the podcast, and these guys are like y'all right bro and i'm like oh god <laughs> no. and so i don't like trevor pardue anymore because he was the cohort of that whole tim montana deal yeah i mean they're the blackout brothers they're dangerous they're very very dangerous <laughs> i love them both though man somewhere into a wall in a corner push you in there you're gonna lose those two yeah. kids they're 100%. crazy they got me so good they yeah. got me so dude they laughed and laughed and laughed but i mean everything that tim does it's like how do you know charlie sheen how do you know how yeah. do you know Dave Grohl? How do you know Travis Pastrana? How do you know that? What? What? Well, you're doing this? Like what? You got a hot sauce with ZZ Top from the Eliminator? 
they got that car. They were on MTV. They sang Sharp Dressed Man. And now you're in business with Billy Gibbons. Billy Gibbons doesn't even talk to that many people. And they all love Tim Montana. That just shows you that shows you his composition is right. His, his character. Look at the skeet shoot last year in Nashville, the Tim Montana and Bryn shoot. I mean, that guy brought in people galore. I'm like, Charlie Sheen was a skeet shoot in Nashville. So random. I know. And like great guy. Super Travis, awesome Pas- guy. Travis Pastrana with Travis an over under yeah. over his shoulder, like uh, uh, Michael Ray and this le- this yeah. country singer. And dude, I saw him. He was writing songs with David Lee Murphy the other day. I wanted to slap him. I'm like, that's DLM, man. That dude's country music royalty. Royalty. And, and, and it's free- him, man. It's right up awesome. in there. And dude's gravity. You cannot get anywhere near him and not get sucked in and be his boy. He's a he badass, dude. Idiot. I yeah, have a good, I, I often tell myself, like, I have pretty good network. And then I look at Tim's and I'm like, he's got a really, really good network. Like he's, yeah. he deserves it. He works hard. He's a yep. sweet, he's a sweet person. He's honest. He does what he says he's going to do. And he 100% lives the respectful life. And what I mean by that is he understands what you do, what special ops does, what our military does, what our first responders and cops and firefighters and EMTs and dispatchers, all of the people that make up what we take for granted every day. Tim Montana is that guy that's going to surface it and say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Don't forget about this. Remember this. Look into this. Perform a forensic audit on this and get your shit together before you start saying stuff like we're going to defund the police. Tim Montana is a great spokesperson for the important shit, not just the blackout moment or messing with me on a text. You agree? Agreed. I mean, think about this guy, Tim Montana. We met at a special forces deer hunt at the Pardue's ranch west of Nashville. I mean, I don't know, seven years ago, six years ago. Didn't know Tim at all. We have mutual friends. Uh, so I call his buddy up mine, uh, Jim Ford. He lines the hunt up, call another buddy up. He lines Tim up. We all meet at Pardue Ranch. We had a great time. The troops shot deer. We had good food. We hung out together all night. And from that one random encounter, I mean, Tim's done for our program countless things. I mean, I can't describe them all. And then the skeet shoot last year, that was half our annual budget for our entire program that Tim raised for us. Wow. I mean, just the dude's a stud. And I mean, he never, and he, I would, I would never know that. And I've talked to him way more than I've talked to you. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Oh, Isn't that yeah. cool that nobody knows that? Yeah. But he doesn't want any PRs. No, I mean, it's for the troops. I'm good. And I'm like, Tim, you raise us a bunch of money. Like I'm a volunteer. Our program's entirely all volunteer, no paid staff. So money in is back out to guys and their families, like 94% overheads a little bit for lawyers, CPAs and stuff like that. But you know, Tim himself funded a couple hundred guys last year on the ventures. Wow. Can you imagine? And nobody knows about it until you told me. Yeah. That's a badass American. That's Timmy. <laughs> what a great guy. Even though I will smash him in washers, cornhole, ping pong, bowling, uh, um, duck hunting, duck, duck calling. hunting, duck calling, yeah. deer yeah. hunting, deer hunting, Oops. rifle shooting. Um, I'm just kidding, Tim. But he is a self-acclaimed <laughs> guy that says he doesn't know anything about sports. He said that on the podcast. So I would, we need to put together a Tim Montana Olympic event where we all come to Nashville and we play shit like beer pong and bowling and all the stuff that we think we're good at and just see who, just see who comes out on top. I mean, July 4th, pro America, pro sports. Yeah. Let's, let's start putting something together. Let's start putting something together. 
Yeah. I'm it in. doesn't just have to be a skeet shoot. That could be part of it one day, but I think that Everything, we, yeah, yeah we run the some, gamut. Yeah. Throw a little bowling in there, throw some watcher pitcher, you know, pitching, throw some backyard, you know, some horseshoes, throw hole. some darts. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see like who would come out on. I wonder who would be good at all that. I wonder if like uh, Charlie Sheen, I bet you could be good at a bunch of that shit. He's been in Hollywood playing that stuff before, I'm sure. Yeah. Plus, he's a huge baseball guy. He played freaking yeah. Rick Vaughn. I mean, he played throw him the fastball. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. He's Best the baseball movie dude. of all time. Better than Bull Durham. Yeah. Better than Field of Dreams. Uh the, the all of them that's better than major league part one is the best charlie sheen was absolutely genius in it you think they got chili dogs over there and he's got yeah, the sleeves ripped off we wear caps and sleeves where we come from <laughs> <laughs> see i'm still a charlie sheen and red dawn fan myself you know oh great movie they I'm tried to redo it. it they tried to remake it right it wasn't good it wasn't no no I mean, you can't beat charlie sheen and the wolverines man like don't don't try to fix that you can't be fixed <sighs> that was that was the other thing I was going into, and we'll, I know that we're coming to the end of this. Um, war movies, Full Metal Jacket, Independent, uh, not Independence Day. Um, uh, I don't even know Saving Private Ryan. There's tons of them. Horse soldiers. I, I mean, I don't watch them. I don't watch them. I have an issue with watching them, and here's why: I haven't seen the Trails movie, Lone Survivor. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Chris's movie with Bradley Cooper. I don't watch him. And I think the reason is, is because I don't want to see him going through what they went through, even though I respect it. And I know the stories and I've been with the, a lot of these people at events or camps and like this whole conversation centered around that. I have an issue with watching them. I can't watch the war movies. I can't watch the battle. I don't know if it's because I don't think that it's the way it happened. I don't know if you could ever reenact what's going on. I love the respect and the homage being paid to the military, but I don't know if you can watch them. I have a problem watching them. When I had an ad admiral on this podcast, Scott, he told me he can't watch them, but I get that because he knows all of them. He yeah. can't, he doesn't want to relive that. Why can't I watch them? Have you heard other people say that? And give me your opinion on that as we end this podcast. Man, so before starting our program, yeah, I watched all of them. You know, I wanted to, you know, I'm just a good old country boy. I like the military. It's pro-military. I wanted to watch those movies. And then, man, yeah, I've, I've lost, you know, really good friends now, you know, in war. You know, it's, I only know, like six or eight friends now passed away in those movies. And uh, I mean, you know, I, I can't watch them. I don't watch them. You know, Black Hawk Down you know, a big one, like you go to memorials in these compounds or I do anyway, every year. And they're honoring the lives and families and gold star spouses and children of these guys who died for me and my freedom. So those movies got really heavy, really fast. And I've just not watched now in several years. That is my exact 100% thoughts. I can't do it. I just mm -hmm. can't. And I tell you the last, the last one I did watch was when I was, I don't even know when Full Metal Jacket came out, but that's the last war movie I watched. And some good quotes came out of it, but the overall the overall image that it left on me, I was like, dude, I respect these dudes too much, man. I can't. I just can't do it. I have never watched a war movie since. And people are like, you need to go see this. I'm like, I'll pass. Yeah. I'll pass. I'll go eat sushi with you. I just ordered some pho for lunch today this morning. I'm like, I want to, I feel like eating some pho. Like I get to do that kind of shit because these guys fight for our freedoms. 
So, I ain't gonna take. Movie. I don't need to watch a movie. I need. I don't need to go and watch it. I'm sorry. Like, that's the way I see it. Now, if if Chris's story need to be told with an, a great actor and an Oscar award winning actor like Bradley Cooper, who's a badass actor, I uh, I respect that. But I'm not gonna watch it. I'll watch yeah, Wedding Crashers with Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I like well, Wedding Crashers. Last one we watched, uh, the military invited my wife and I for the screening on base at Fort Campbell of horse soldiers, you know, ODA 595 going in Afghanistan to avenge 9-11 with the guys from 595. You know, I was sitting next to the pilot who flew the guys in the country for the mission. I mean, huge honor, huge, huge honor, but tough to watch, you know, with the guys who were there again, like, I wish I'd served and had something with guys in common. You know, I went to college and did the college route and started my own company up 15 years ago. Like I just didn't go the same route and like they went down. And it's just humbling to be around them and hear their experiences and on the big screen, watch it with them. And they're telling you about it. Like, Oh yeah, that's what really happened. You're like, I'm, I'm next to a hero, to a legend. Like 100%. there's an honor in that. That's that's what I love about what you do. And I'm so blessed and humbled to get to do what we do to hunt pretty much for a living and get to share camp with guys like you and the warriors of, and, and, and create memories and bring therapy and a, a state of decompress pressing decompression to them. Even if it's just for a day or two days or three days at camp, I love the, uh, the fact that we get to participate and tell them, Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. That's what I love. That's what Scott, thank you do for doing what you do. Special ops excursions. Where can people find you? Yeah, man. So we're on the web. So special ops excursions on excursions. There is no E it is just X C U R S I O N S dot O R G is our website. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram as well. So find, find us online, follow us. Um, we do a few pictures every now and then there's some guys on cool trips. We do blur out faces uh, we don't say who the guys are on our trips. That's not important. It's just important getting the guys out, decompress with their families, with their teammates for a good time and show them that as Americans, as patriots, that we still care. I love it, Scott Graves. Thank you so much. Y'all support Scott Special Ops Excursions. Support musicians and songwriters like Tim Montana that do what Scott just talked about, what that man does and the value that he brings to people's life and what Scott brings. We cannot take this stuff for granted. This is huge. As humble as these guys are and as much that goes into this that I know that goes into what Scott does and what Tim Montana does, get involved, show respect, thank a veteran, do something today that honors our military. Thank a first responder. It's easy to walk by an old man that has a hat on that says Vietnam vet or World War II vet. Take time to say hello. Have a beer. Learn something. Converse. Talk. Don't just look down at the phone and see how many likes you got. I'm just as guilty as anybody with it, but we all can do a better job of honoring our military, respecting our military, helping out foundations like Special Ops Excursions to provide these guys with a chance to do what they get to do with Scott Graves and other people. Anthony Pace, the founder of Freedom Hunters, is a good friend of mine, and I love working with him. Scott, I look forward to seeing you soon. I look forward to having some of these warriors in camp with us. Thank you very much for what you do, my man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Special Ops Excursion. This has been another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Thank you all so much for listening. Tom, hit that button. You know what? I think I want to go out with a Tim Montana song today. This is 
This is which one you want to hear? Tell me which one you want to go out with, Scott Graves. Said Charlie Sheen all day. Mostly stoned. This Charlie. is most. Oh, I love that video. This is mostly stoned by Tim Montana. Thank you for everything you do, Tim. Thank you, Scott Graves. Thank you all for subscribing to the podcast. Tell your friends and family, this life ain't for everybody. Again, this is mostly stoned by our good friend and American patriot, Tim Montana. I'm a 